Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. I'm your host, Haley Rowe, and I help you get clients consistently, market your standout offers, build your business foundations like your messaging, your niche, your offer, and I help you build a sustainable, profitable coaching business that works with your schedule. And I'm so excited to dive into the show. Here we go. Guess what? I'm so excited to announce that my free private training sharing how to book paying clients consistently without posting more or needing a big audience is now live for an encore. You can check it out at HaleyRowe.com slash training. You get to learn more about the inner circle. You get to learn the behind the scenes of what I share with my clients and learn how you can get your next clients without needing to obsess with stressful launches annoying tech, all that kind of stuff. So check it out and can't wait to hear how it goes for you. Hey, I'm live today with a special guest, Trevor Davis, and we are going to be talking with you today about email marketing and some do's and don'ts when it comes to building your list and emails and all that good stuff. So Trevor, why don't you um, introduce yourself first and we'll get into it. Yeah, you bet. Great to be here with you, Haley, and happy December, everyone. Excited to be chatting with you today about email marketing. Um, I'm a copywriter and copy coach and, uh, for the last few years, been really helping coaches grow their businesses, um, you know, really from wherever in the world. I'm also a digital nomad, been, been traveling around the world this past year and, uh, loving, you know, helping people grow their email list and grow their email, uh, marketing and, and their business because of it. Um, so excited to tell you a bit more today about, uh, you know, all I've really learned from email marketing and, uh, working with coaches. So happy to get into that with you today. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of email marketing. I think a lot of people dismiss it because initially they have maybe a small list and so they don't see the potential. But when you grow your list and over time, your email list is really your best uh, group of people to be marketing to and warmest connections I've found. And it's really thrilling when you could send an email and suddenly get a discovery call booked or get people signing up for your program or your course. And uh, it's all possible with good copy, good freebies, you know, list building, all that good stuff. So let's talk. And, you know, part of the things I work on with my clients is like, what kind of freebies should you have? And what's your email sequence templates? And, you know, what email CRM system should you use? And I think a lot of people get overwhelmed. And so I want to talk with you a little bit about where to start and on all that good stuff. So what tips would you have when it comes to... Um, deciding how to grow your list and and what kind of like freebie you should have yeah great question i think that um i know i've seen a lot of your stuff is the importance of, of knowing your niche right and being narrowed down on, and who you're serving and, and what's important to them and, and if you don't know everything about your potential or your, your ideal client avatar then it's hard to really talk about what's going to be valuable for them and how to structure uh what might be a good lead magnet what freebie you're going to give away and, uh, you know, I always tell my clients as well, it's like, well, if you're going to start sending out emails to people, you know, you want to know that they're going to be interested to hear more of what you've got to say. And that all starts with a really great freebie. Um, so what I like to, uh, you know, kind of break it down with is, is going through a simple sort of process of knowing your niche, right? I always go with the classic line in copywriting is if you're writing to everyone, you're writing to no one. And, um, you know, it starts with doing some, some, good, uh, some good research, going through the kind of steps that, you know, Haley might take you through and, and getting really dialed in with knowing who your niche is and knowing who that ideal client avatar is, what you know might be keeping them up at the night, what they're working on right now, what stage they're at in their business and or whoever it might be your end client um, in their life, and then really creating a sort of lead magnet that helps solve that that core problem that they're experiencing. So 
that's really where I start. You know, it all starts in knowing who you're, who you're trying to work with and uh, who you want to be on your email list. And then if you deliver great value through that lead magnet, they'll be uh, excited to continue to hear from you and, and get more value from what you have to say. Yeah. And I want to highlight there that that freebie is going to solve one problem, not seven different problems. Because if you make it too extreme or a 200 page ebook or something that's going to take them forever to implement, they're never going to end up booking a call with you because they're going to be so busy doing your freebie for so long <laughs> that they're like, oh yeah, I forgot. I, I need to you know, reach out to this person, right? But if you leave them wanting more and they got a quick win from the freebie and they see that you can help them create a result in their life, then they're more likely to probably book. Is that what you've seen in your experience? Yeah, yeah, great okay. point. Writing the, writing the 200 page word, um, 200 page book is really gonna just, you know, get people lost, probably won't read it, won't get the chance to really learn about what you can help them solve. Um, and if you can solve that one quick problem, and I kind of always try to, you know, think of it being snappy, something they can read, implement, and, and you know, think, wow, this was awesome. Let me learn more from this person. Let yeah. me uh, delve deeper into their world. Yeah. So um, what would be an example of a good freebie for a certain niche? niche? Maybe you can give an example and versus like maybe a bad freebie. Yeah, sure. So um, I know you're working with a lot of you know, health coaches and in that space, I can imagine someone who you know, might be a specific sort of, I mean, you give me an example of what's a good kind of health coach in, in your, in your group, in your clientele. Yeah. So one of my clients, um, she coaches women going through menopause and hormonal changes and helping them, you know, lose a stubborn weight and um, not emotionally eat things like that. Right. So there's two, two big problems right there. I'm sure there's a myriad of other ones that come with, you know, the hot flashes and then whatever else they might be experiencing. And while I don't know that market <laughs> intimately, um, you know, a trust your client does and to think, okay, well, what's that one biggest problem? I always say, what's the biggest known problem that they're experiencing, right? Because there might be some stuff that happens later on through menopause that they might not be aware of yet. And trying to get into solving that is, is too far for them. What's their immediate, you know, biggest problem you can help them get a quick win in. And maybe that's to quickly, you know, ditch the fat or handle whatever hormonal changes going on through that and, and making a quick sort of snappy checklist, snappy sort of guide that could help them do that rather than writing the full page on every, the full book on every single step that they might be going through, right? The, uh, the, the seven steps you have to, you know, uh, know to, to go through, you know, first stages of menopause in a, you know, smooth way or whatever kind of wording might, might come out of that, but something that can be Yes, that sounds like me. Yes, that sounds like a problem I have. And yes, that's a solution that I want to get ASAP. Yeah. Thinking about like, what are they, when you asked the question, what's keeping them up at night? That was such a good question because think about what they're Googling. Like, oh man, like, and I, I was just listening to something. I can't remember what it was, but lady, a lady was talking about how in the middle of the night when she was breastfeeding her baby, she was like, how to get my baby to sleep, like how to get my three month old baby to sleep through the night. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> not and she was desperate in that moment and she was Googling it and she ended up buying a course about that, like on the spot because she was like, wow. I need this problem solved. So if you had a freebie that was like three ways to get your th newborn baby to sleep through the night or something as a postpartum coach or something, right. notice how specific that is compared to just how to manage being a new mom right? Because that's so broad. That's like what your whole program goes through. Right. And that doesn't speak to any one particular pain point that is literally keeping them up at night in yeah. that given moment. So that's yeah. a great literal example for them. For sure. So let's talk about 
how does somebody start to grow their email list when they feel like they have a small audience and they're like, okay, cool, Trevor, I made this cool freebie, but what do I do with it now? Great question. I think that's always the the number one <laughs> kind of question as people are looking, well, I've got a great program or I've got a great sort of uh, you know method that I want to share with the world. And as coaches, you want to put that value out there and, and start reaching as many people as we possibly can. And while it's you know easy to compare yourself to maybe the bigger coaches you see who've got these lists of thousands of people, and you want to get to that place, you know, I always try to remind people that whether it's a Facebook group or your email list or, you know, just your, your friends list, you always have uh, an opportunity to build intimacy, build a great relationship with those people, um, even if it's a small group, right? And starting from there is always going to be something that can, can build up. So I always think it's a great idea to just put your freebie out in front of people and, and offer some value to, to whoever you can, right? So uh, a good, good example is what we're doing right here. <laughs> you know, I do have an email marketing guide, a full, you know, sort of uh, seven step PDF and something that I'd be happy to share um, with people who might be tuning in right here, right? So being able to teach you guys a bit about email marketing and then be able to offer you my guide, if you guys see value and you want to stick around on the email list and I can keep teaching you some stuff, that's great, right? And that's some sort of example of where you can put yourself out there, put yourself in front of the right people you want to speak with and then, uh, you know, give them a chance to sign up. Um, I think that, you know, it's easy to jump into the world of, of paid media and think about that, you know, being the, the reason that's holding you back, but you don't need a big Facebook ad budget. You can get started right away with just, you know, communicating with people in your, your sort of world, your, your niche or your audience and, um, you know, connecting with others who want to share some of the same, same goals and the same things. Yeah. I love that. So who can you partner? So the question isn't, how do I go promote my guide? It's like, who can I partner with to collaborate and share my guide? And who do I already know who could really use my guide or who would know someone who knows someone to use my freebie? So, um, and, you know, as you're saying here, when you're teaching something or giving value in a social media way, you can always usually connect it to your freebie and mention your freebie. And actually on this uh, topic, one of the things that I interviewed, um, a successful health coach. And if anybody missed that with Kayla, we did an interview about her journey, growing her business over six figures and all that. And you can just comment Kayla below and I'll send you the replay. But she had talked about how when she gets new um, Instagram followers, she'll welcome them and say, you know, Hey, uh, by the way, we have a free gift for our Instagram community. It's my blah, blah, blah guide. Check out the link in bio if you want to get it right. So Pretty there's simple. a million different ways, but it's all about that who. I like how you changed it from not just like, okay, post about it, but who can you connect with? Um, right. So next question would be, what are some maybe do's and don'ts you see with email marketing? First, we'll talk about that. And then I'll ask about different do's and don'ts. Yeah, you bet. Happy to, to list off as many as you can here. Um, so yeah, really, I think some of the biggest don'ts that I see people go through is, is thinking that they have to, um, you know, send an email every single day or going over the top and they're sending too many emails just because they, they want to send things. Um, you know, I'll, I'll contrast on the other side where people often send too few emails at the same time. So, so don't, you know, mess with, with, you know, frequency that, that that's one thing I would say is, is find, you know, just like posting on social media, a, a rhythm that you feel good about and that you can keep up with and where you can share value with your audience. If that's, you know, once a week, once a month, whatever it might be, start, start where you are and then, uh, you know, build up from there, right? You don't want to be sending, you know, an email every other hour where you're just, you know, we already got enough of that this past uh, week with Black Friday stuff going on. So um, respect your, your, you know, email list subscribers inboxes and 
share stuff that you'd want to read yourself or that, you know, your ideal clients would really want to read. Um, so aim to add value and, and uh, don't, you know, uh, overdo it or, or underdo it with, with your frequency. Uh, consistency is key. Um, I would say another big one when it comes to the actual content of the email, right? We can get into the copy and a million things around that. Um, but don't write such long-winded emails, right? I think people are scared, like, oh, I don't uh, want to have a long email. Long emails are great, right? Some of my, my clients' best performing emails that have driven the most actual conversions are long emails, talking about their story, talking about what they've experienced and how they've transformed that, right? Using parts of that in the long email can be really effective. But if you're writing 500 words in an email just for the sake of rambling on about something that could have been done in 100 words, right? You don't need it to be long-winded. Long is okay. Don't do long-winded emails. Um, and in that same vein, uh, as we talked about with don't try to solve 10 different problems in one single you know, lead magnet, don't try to direct people to 10 different places through one email. Have one call to action and don't drive them to, you know, sign up here, go over here, you know, book a call now. Oh, join us in the Facebook group. If there's too much going on in your emails, they're going to be lost and they're not going to take any action at all. So direct people where you want them to click. And, or if that's a click reply and to, to engage with you, then do that. But don't send them to 10 different places at once. Um, and on the positive side of things, you know, I would say do just include one call to action. Do, uh, you know, uh, personalize your emails. That's what's one big one that, you know, is a great way to say, you know, yes, we know this is an automated email going out to a list of, you know, tens or hundreds or thousands, but, you know, use the first name that people have shared with you. Uh, consider who they are and what pain points they're going through exactly, right? That's the importance we talk about with knowing your niche and, and don't try to talk about, you know, uh, your potential market in general. Talk about their specific problems that you know that they are probably experiencing and don't try to, to hit on too many different points. So really, uh, to, to sum it up here, we're talking about, you know, being more focused with your emails, be more streamlined. And then, uh, you know, you can find a lot of things to, to optimize, like, like segmenting your list. So you're talking to different sub niches, you know, in different sort of ways to be able to keep it that personalized. Um, and you might be able to also, you know, test around split testing, different subject lines. You know, we can get into the copy and the ways you could really automate um, improve your, your automations to hit it hit people's inboxes at the right time of day, right day of week, and to get the best results there. But you know, that's a, that's a deep dive we could go into for days. Yeah, well, I'm really glad you shared some of that, because I think it starts with the basics, as you're saying, like pick a frequency you can stick with. Don't, you know, obsess about is the length too long, or it, just make sure you're not going off on tangents, and it gets to the point. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe the other thing you said was, um, you know, picking one call to action, which was really good. Um, but I think also once you get that down, as you said, you can go to the next level as far as seeing like what subject lines are working the best and what gets the most clicks in my emails. And if you're using an email system that allows you to sell auto send automated emails, your system will tell you that information. So I think a lot of my clients and part of what I do in my program with them is help them with the tech overwhelm and like, should they use, you know, what's the simplest way to do this starting out? But um, a lot of people get so overwhelmed by that, that they don't even start. And I think what you're saying here is like, just start and keep improving it as you go. And then you could get the fancier, like do the fancier things. Is that right? Exactly. That's, that's always, I think the best advice that we, we could, you know, implement in our coaching businesses, whatever gets you started gets you, you know, getting your feet wet and, and, and learning as you go. And you'll learn from, yeah, what's being opened, what's being clicked on and, and what to write more of based on what the data will tell you and, and show you. Yeah. So definitely just get started with what you can and, and build from there. Mm -hmm. What about somebody who's like, well, I only have 
five people on my list. So why bother? <laughs> well, you know, I think if you're looking to start an email list, you know, knowing your intention behind it is important and knowing that you want to share good value with, with people that are interested to hear from you. Um, and whether that starts with five or 50, um, nonetheless, those are still people that could be potential clients that could potentially learn something from you and that could, you know, maybe get some value and share it with another friend or another coach in their world um, or another you know, potential client in, in, in their world. Um, so starting with the intent, I think if you know you want to share good, good content and you want to be in this for the long haul with your coaching business and having email marketing as a, a pillar of communication, then start, start where you are and, uh, you know, you can always build up from there. Um, but I think it's important to, to have that right intention behind it. And if you're just going to send emails to five people and never have plans to grow it, then, then it might not be worth jumping, jumping into it just yet. But, uh, if you know, you want to grow it and you know, want to, you want to keep adding more value to more people's lives, then, then, uh, it's worth, worth jumping into and start, even if you think you're not ready. Yeah. And what about, what would you say to people who are like, well, do people even check their emails? I don't check my emails. So I feel like nobody's checking their emails. So why bother? <laughs> I'm, I I'm saying statements I've heard. <laughs> I'm sure I've heard of them too. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the same statements I've heard from clients who've gone on to then go bring in six figures to their same email list. And it's really that sort of fallacy that yes, social media is growing. Yes. We see all these trends and all these viral videos going crazy on, on TikTok or whatever social platform. But at the end of the day, those social platforms are owned by, you know, the, the, the businesses that, that run them and they can change the algorithm. They can ban you from the platform and there goes your whole audience. So if you don't de-platform people who are in your audience to your email list, you don't actually own that attention. You don't own that, that opportunity to connect with people that you want to help. So if you don't, you know, move people to an email list, you don't own you know, that method of communication. So email is really that only real place online where you can have people's emails to communicate with them for, for life, you know, assuming that they, you know, don't ditch their email address. And yes, maybe people are subscribing with burner emails or something like that, but that's a whole nother story. But, you know, thinking about the fact that uh, email has always been proven to be a great uh, channel for, for conversion and a great way to build more connection with those that you want to serve. So true. Yeah. And I'm really glad I stuck with my email list because like originally same here, mine was small and I grew it over time, over years. And now mm -hmm. it's at a good size, but, and it's, you know, I even want to continue growing it, but it's now to a point where I know if I do a promo or something, things are going to come out of it versus before, you know, when I was first starting, I had to really build up that list and nurture them for a while until I saw the conversions. But when you stick with it, it is a really amazing, warmer platform, as you said. And it, we don't own the social media platforms, as you said. And I actually, right now, if I'm listening to this in December 2022, um, Instagram lately has been like shutting down people's accounts for kind of no rhyme or reason. And there's some kind of glitch going on. Right. And I've had some people I've talked to who've actually been dealing with this. And they can't get their stuff back. And so if they had an email list of their followers or had been, you know, mentioning that to their followers as they go, they would be in a better position, right? So what about when it comes to um, growing your list Is there and or with email copywriting too with, that you do with your clients? Is there any things that you've realized like, oh my gosh, this here's like a little secret, like this totally works or like, Hey, when you add a name to your subject line, 
this will, you know, this will improve open rates or like anything that you've noticed really work well uh, with a client or with yourself throughout the years? Mm -hmm. Well, you just hit the nail on the head with that one. I think, um, you know, personalizing your emails in general is great, but to be able to also use that personalization in the subject line, make people feel like this is for them in the barrage of, of, you know, what might be in their inbox is a great way to get higher opens. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've, you know, seen my clients really uh, help improve their their email performance and even just their own ability to keep writing good emails that, that get clicks, that get opened is to, you know, really make a, a practice of it and to be using the sort of simple copywriting formulas, right? So to just think about looking at a blank page of an email, just like a post or, or writing, whatever it might be, can be really overwhelming. And to just increase your copy chops a little bit to, to have, you know, basic understanding of what sort of uh, what's the purpose of a subject line, right? That's just to get people to open it. What's the purpose of your first line of copies just to get someone to read the next one and so on and so forth. So to, to be able to sort of learn some certain uh, copywriting formulas, frameworks has been a, you know, a big game changer for my clients where now they feel like, okay, I know my story. How do I structure it in a way that's helpful? I know what I want to say. Now I've got a structure for it. And now I can see people actually read through the whole email and they're actually coming to the bottom and clicking. Um, on that note, you know, great uh, way to sort of get people to um, further, you know, engage with you is uh, instead of just driving them to go book a call in an email, it might be to hit reply, right? And have them, you know, respond back with a, with a certain word where you can, you know, engage with them or to respond back and just share, you know, what they're working on or what their, their biggest problem might be, um, something so that you can provide some more value. And again, that's a, a great way to, you know, if you're building freebies and you have, you know, stuff that you can share from your sort of program, um, for free with your subscribers. It's a great way to build more loyalty and have people show up and want to keep reading your emails and, and further engage with you. So I think um, engaging in a way to give them more value, you know, getting people to reply and, and sign up or to uh, hit reply and ask for a freebie um, that you're giving away to solve another problem of theirs is a great way to keep showing them those, you know, micro wins that you can keep helping them with and, uh, you know, hopefully bring them into your world further to work with you. Love that. Yeah, so personalization is a big thing. Um, what about text overwhelm, overwhelm with writing emails, overwhelm with, you know, dealing with the tech of the email system, any tips that you tell your clients to help them with just feeling overwhelmed? Yeah, I think the, the mindset piece, I know you do a lot of, you know, mindset coaching with your clients and that's always the, the most important piece to, to start with is, you know, look, looking at the intention behind it all, you might have a, a mountain that looks like a lot of tech um, you know, work that you have to get through to, to get there, but it's, it's simpler than you think. Um, there's less steps involved than, than you probably think. And you don't have to worry about looking at the top of the mountain with it right now, you know, just look at the next few feet in front of you um, with anything in growing your, your coaching business. That's, that's true. But, um, you know, it's, it's really a step-by-step -step sort of logical path in that um, if you absolutely don't want to engage with the tech, you know, can always go and hire someone out to, to help you with that. Um, you know, someone like myself who helps set up the automation, you could find someone on Upwork or Fiverr who could just basically create the framework for you. And then you just have to put in the copy or have someone guide you through that process. Um, you know, get, getting a, a sort of course to be able to help you get your, your uh, sort of awareness in check and, and not be so you know, overwhelmed by it. Um, but really, I think that the mindset of knowing that, you know, it's a simple sort of system and it's built with a lot of instruction manuals. Support is great from some of these tools to, to ask them what's going on, what's not working. And, um, you know, to, to actually send out just campaign emails um, to people is a great starting place. If you don't want to worry about setting up sequences and having too many steps in your automation um, beyond your, your welcome sequence. So that's always a, 
few things you could do to to reduce the overwhelm. I think uh, really just approaching it with the perspective that you've you've got it. It's a simpler system than you think, and, and you're uh, more capable of handling, handling the tech than you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, good advice. And what about if somebody is? Um, I, I had a really I had two questions for you. Now they're leaving my head. They were both <laughs> kind of follow ups to this. Um, oh, expectations. So, what are some expectations we should have with email marketing, like as far as knowing if it's going well or not, like open rates or, you know, any stats you know of or anything like that that you would want to share? Yeah, there's been a lot of changes going on with, with email in, you know, the wake of um, some more privacy concerns and, and uh, you know, having things be a little bit more generous as far as open rates go since like iOS 14. Um, but really, if you're seeing uh, that your open rate is growing or staying consistent, that's that's a good sort of metric of looking at, okay, people are at least continuing to open my stuff. People are opening more of my stuff. Something must be working here, right? And if you're getting, you know, at least 10% opens, that might be uh, a good starting place if you've not had anyone, you know, engage with your list. But, you know, ideally like to see um, my client emails, you know, get opened at least 20% of the time um, by people on their list. And, um, you know, another great sort of tip on, on that front is, is um, I've got a whole you know, guide of, of different KPIs that you can be tracking and, and looking at. But if you can look at things that are getting clicked on, right, we mentioned that and that would give you an idea of what people are interested in and what they're not. <laughs> but ultimately, if you can always put something in your emails for them to click on, that's the best measure of really where there's engagement. Right, your open rate might be a little bit inflated um, due to to this uh, these changes in email marketing. But if you have you have links, you have buttons, you have you know people replying, those are, are real metrics. You can see okay, people are actually coming into your email. They're clicking a link to your to your group. They're clicking a link to go and uh, you know book a call with you, whatever it might be. Let the links being clicked kind of guide your your real um, sense of like okay, people are opening things. That's good. People are clicking things. That's better. And you know, if people are driving to the actual conversion place of, of whether that's just hitting send on a reply or actually booking a call or whatever that might be, then you're really getting a good read. And um, keeping track yeah. of your numbers on like in anything is going to give you an idea of, of how things are going. Yeah, and I think too something to point out about clicks. I agree. Like, look at what is doing the best. But I think we should tell the audience because I don't. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think there should be, um, it, it's still, most people are not going to click your links. So you're still good and doing well if your click rate is like, what would you say, the like 2%, 3%? I don't know. Yeah, that, that would be, that'd be amazing if you're getting that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, this would be amazing point. if you're getting a 2 to 3% click rate. So when we're saying look at your click rates, we're not saying are, are 100% of people clicking on your link? Well, if not, you're doing it wrong. No, you're doing it right. If you're getting like 2 to 3%, would be amazing, right? Yeah, I have somewhere exactly. like less than 1%. So, and it still works. And I still get clients from my email list. So that's the point that we're trying to drive home, I think, is look for improvements and, and things like that, right? Yeah, and steady consistency is, is you know, kind of the name of the game. People keep seeing your mm -hmm. name in their inbox. They keep you know, checking in on your emails here and there. They click a link here or there, and, and they start to know a bit more about who you are, and they feel more you know, connected to you and, and, and about what you do. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been super juicy. Thank you for sharing all of your tips. And I want to let everybody know where they can connect and find you. 
and then we got to hop off to do a live in your Facebook group. Yeah, so excited up. to jump into that. But thanks for having me, Haley. Um, and if you guys have any questions, uh, like I said, happy to share. I've uh, got an email marketing sort of, uh, you know, seven sins of, of email marketing. I've got a sort of KPI guide. If you guys want any of those, just uh, I'll drop a comment down below. You can message me. Happy to send those over. Um, and I'm happy to offer a free kind of email audit to, uh, you know, a few people from the group um, as far oh. as capacity kind of, you know, uh, yeah. allows so yeah feel free just to, to send me a dm and happy to answer any of the questions or um, whatever you might have um, and sharing lots more value like this in the scaling remotely community awesome well thank you for those freebies and we'll be sure to get those in the show notes when this becomes a podcast and i'll talk to you soon great thanks Haley. thanks Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. And if it's really helpful for you, I'd really appreciate if you share it and or leave a written podcast review. This tells the podcast sites that our show is useful and it will be promoted to more people that way. Thanks again.